It's but it's not a passion. It's not like that. It's like I just like You're the doing one that it. said you like doing it. I like doing it. What are it. your passions then? Give me your passions. I, I don't think of it that way. Uh, Wait, see, everybody you're, everybody you're being has ridiculous. to have passions. You're 100% you're being ridiculous. You're my being passions, a child. My passions are are, you know, domination of my fellow man. That's what my passions <laughs> okay, well, are. Shut up and sit down. Is up. Like trying to sound all casual, and it is not working. I would never say what is up to someone. That's it. Hi, this is not a huge fan. A podcast with me, Charles Disney, and my co-host Isaac Simpson. Every podcast we sit down and we talk about a controversial topic, uh, something we have a disagreement on. We'll bring on guests that one or both of us disagree with. It's all about conflict and talking things out, not in a shouty cable news way, but more of a uh, conversation that allows ideas to breathe. If you will. This, uh, this sounds very pretentious. Um, anyway, it's not a huge fan. I'm Charles Disney. Welcome. Today's topic is Scientology, which is pretty much universally reviled. But, of course, Isaac has a more positive spin on Scientology and, indeed, his own Scientology experiences that he will share with us. And that's what we're going to talk about, Scientology, uh, whether or not it's actually good for you. And we'll kind of discover what Isaac means. Check out Isaac on IsaacSimpson.co. All of his social media is linked there. Funzaroni is my social media name across the board. That's pretty much all you need to know. And now it's time to begin. Scientology. We're, Scientology. I didn't know this, that we're so close to... Oh, we to, can see it. Yeah. The, which place is that? What's the name That's of it? That's the main one. That's the main The main church. Scientology I, church. I the blue one, prominently featured in Going Clear. Yeah. That's the main one. What's your thesis about Scientology? Please well, I did it. it. So I did Scientology. What do you mean you did it? What did that I did it for months. I was a in the went to that building and okay. for auditing what, for you, several. You months. got auditing sessions. Yeah. What I, level did you reach? Did you reach clear? Fuck no. All right. So you're, clear takes like years and hundreds of thousands of dollars to reach. What's your? I didn't even reach any level. I don't think. I think I like. I think I was trying to pass up to like the first next level and I failed. Do you hold the cans in your hand? So okay. It's divided into Dianetics auditing, which is the most basic thing you can do. Is that those personality tests that they do, or is no, that different? That's different. So that's when you're walking down the, the street and they're like, hey, do you want a personality test? What's that? That's a personality test. That's the classic personality test that you've taken before. It's is it Myers-Briggs? The, yeah. Okay. They give you the, I think they give you the Myers-Briggs test. Okay. And that's it? And then they try to hook you in. So they their, give you a Myers-Briggs yeah. test. 
No, 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 no. It's not the Myers-Briggs test. It's their own test. Sorry. They have their own personality test that's that called sense. like the Oxford personality yeah, of test, course. which they made up. Yeah. And so they give you- It's like you, their Freedom Medal of Valor. Exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. They, they're very, they're, it's like, it's like they're, gr- they were great at branding up until like 1956. Yeah. <laughs> well. And then they stopped trying. There it's you like, go. It's like they, they froze their branding efforts 50 years ago. Um, and everybody wears these really weird like suits. And they put the really cute girls up front. And there are a lot of really cute girls yeah. who live there. Yeah. Basic and marketing 101. Exactly. Booth babes. So they, and they're all really nice to you. Yeah. They're like really like, oh, oh, you're so cool and like interesting. And honestly, being like 30 year old white guy is very, help- is like, there's a lot of dregs of society in there. At all times. Yeah. It's like you go in there and there's people who are very distressed, semi-homeless, who are clearly like coming off the street to find some sort of help, you know? And uh, so they give you a IQ test and they give you a personality test. And um, my IQ test was extremely high. <laughs> Sure it was. It was extremely high. And they pair it with your personality test and they give you this like chart where you have these ups and downs, right? Yeah. And I don't remember where my downs were, but I had like very low things on certain types of attitudes and very high ones. I was like super active but very like depressed or something, okay. you know, yeah. like, like super not happy, but very active. Um, and, you know, I think they took a specific interest in me just because I was so different than most of the people that like wander in off the street, I think, you know. Where was it? It was that? It's here. Yeah, it was the, the one, main one. Yeah, really close. I mean, I lived downtown at the time, so I was driving, but. Okay. Uh, you just drove in and were like, I'm going to go in there. Yeah, you can, I just drove in. I mean, I was having a very rough couple of months or something. I was having a really hard time with things. I I don't remember exactly. So I got fired a couple times out here. I got, you know, I had a bunch of, you know, anybody who comes to LA, you have a lot of rough patches, especially if you're trying to go from being a lawyer to being creative, which is what I was doing. Yeah. So, you know, I was working as a bartender. So I was having a lot of you know, mental uh, pain, I guess. And I had been interested in it for a long time because of, and you can listen to the last episode, they're very anti-psychiatry. They're, they don't believe in pharmaceutical drugs. Yeah. And they have a whole museum. Have you seen their museum? Yeah. I've always wanted to go in there. Yeah. And I'm worried about them having my information but i do want to go in there well we'll get to we'll get to all that but uh yeah i I didn't even go there but i i watched the video for that museum it's called psychiatry and industry of death and there's some really cool psychiatrists who aren't scientologists talking about how psychiatry is a method of control to you know basically medicate the entire public and so many people die from these overdoses of pills and that's something i've always believed in right so I was interested in that, and I had read Dianetics back in college. I had read like the first half of Dianetics, which was L. Ron Hubbard's first book, which is just a straight 
psychology or philosophy of mind book. It's like a self-help book, right? Yeah, it's a self-help book that really lays down like human motivation in a very interesting way. And there's no funny business at all. Like there's no Xenu, there's nothing religious whatsoever. It's yeah. like it would just be like any, you know, it'd be like Deepak Chopra or something. You know, any type of book that sort of lays out your motivations and things. And I really bought into it. I thought it was very, very smart and very cool. So I went in and, uh, you know, it's, they're salesmen, you know, they, they really are salesmen and they really push you really hard. I have no doubt. To buy stuff, Yeah, you know, and I bought five hours of Dianetics auditing. So Dianetics auditing is more or less talk therapy. You know, it's you and one other Scientologist in a small room and you just talk about your past and about painful things. Yeah. The first question they ask you is, what's the earliest pain you can remember? And you sort of work back from that and you tell them all about the things in your life. And I had this great woman named Veronica, really cool. And um, it's cheap. It's like 100 bucks for five hours. So compared to therapy therapy, it's extremely inexpensive. Right. So I found it very effective and, and very cool. And, and I was actually really into it. And I, I bought another five hours afterwards. How much was it for five hours? 100 bucks. Okay. 125 bucks. Okay. And uh, it was very helpful. And I really trusted Veronica. It was very cool. But then they do really, they push you. They push you really hard to go to the do next Do they push thing. you as hard as when you're interested in a gym? Yeah. Okay. Yes. That's pretty hard. It's very hard. No, it's very hard. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's it is they really really gym pushy. salespeople are the worst. Are really very pushy. Extremely. Would you say it's worse than gym salespeople? The same level or not as bad as? Gym people are really really pushy. The Gold's gym is the worst. I joined that one too. Um oh, you 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 pretty much if you want to go in if you went to like look, just look at a gym on a tour, you will be signing up for that gym. <laughs> like anybody that's out there that's going to go look at a gym, whatever gym you're going to go look at, you will be a member by the time that you're They're done. They're not going to let there's you no, leave. <laughs> there's no t- – the only – I did that with LA Fitness one time, the one on Wilshire. Like I was like, I just want to go check it out. And then I left and I was like, I fucking – I signed up. Yeah. <laughs> How the hell did this God happen? damn it. <laughs> gym people. So as bad as or worse. It's different because it's not so straightforward. With the gym, there's one thing. They're selling one single thing, memberships to the gym. Whereas at Scientology, there's so many different levels. There's a million different things you can do. And, you know, there's the detox program. There's the classes. There's the the this and the that, right? So I ended up buying two sets of Dianetics auditing, which is not Scientology auditing. Scientology auditing, you have the, the, the cans. The cans. Dianetics auditing, it's not. It's just you and a person. Okay. And then I bought one class. So the class. e-meter is in Scientology reading. Yes. Not Dianetics. Not Dianetics. And they offer both. And uh, then I did one class, which was like, <laughs> I don't even fucking remember what it was called, but it was like, you know, your career, something is it about it a class with other people and a teacher? Yeah. And you have a booklet and you like learn things. Scientology and it, booklets are great. 
There, it was actually, you Not know, for informational purposes. It's just the way they're laid out. It's very, it's like a, it's like your workbook from elementary school. Yeah, it's like a workbook from elementary school. And again, the whole branding of everything is like retro futuristic. Yes. It's like somebody in 1950s idea of what the future was. Well, then. just look at the like the word Scientology on that building. Yeah. It's you know that's. That's it in a nutshell. Yeah, it's like they had this great, you know, Ron Hubbard was clearly a genius, and they had this great leader, and then it was like nobody carried the torch. Like they didn't really have anybody that really was able to like bring Scientology into the current era at all. You know, so they're really stuck in this very silly, like literally the the styling on everything in the building is like space. It looks like Buzz Lightyear. You design the inside of the building, you know? Um, so, yeah, it, I would say definitely as pushy, if not more, than a gym salesman. Very, very pushy. I had this, there was like a Jewish Israeli woman who was like the saleswoman. And she would like attach this? to me. And, as and pushy as timeshare? I've never been tried to sell a solo timeshare. Oh. I, I don't have the money for that. So I've well, you never... know, you don't need money to go to a timeshare <laughs> presentation. You just need an hour or two and the willingness to sit through something to get tickets for a Vegas show. Wait, what? It's a Vegas? I thought. It's a, what do you mean timeshare? Time, timeshare, like when you any time. Well, whatever city you happen to be in. I was in Vegas when I did a timeshare because I was staying at my friend's timeshare. And they would give, they had these free tickets for Chris Angel's Believe. They'd give you two free tickets if you went to the presentation, which they claim is an hour and it's actually two. And uh, if you sit through it, they give you the tickets. I see. And there's a whole, I love, I am fascinated by pyramid schemes, multi level marketing, timeshare, all that garbage. I love it because I love the sales techniques. And what they do is they partner you with the salesperson. And then the salesperson goes over all your options. And if you're like me, you're not going to, there's, you have no intention of buying a timeshare. You're just there to get Chris Angel tickets, <laughs> which is a horrible show, by the way. Believe in Las Vegas is garbage. Really? Yeah. It's oh, terrible because wow. it's not a magic show. It's uh, a Cirque du Soleil show with oh, magic elements. In it. I it's see. really okay, bad. Yeah, yeah. So they have That's the, bad. they have the person. And then at the end, when you're like, listen, I'm not going to buy anything. They go, well, let me have my supervisor come over and you can tell him about how I did as a salesperson. Well, what that person is, is the second salesperson. And they offer you better timeshare rates or whatever. And uh, and then even that doesn't work. And they have a third person that you have to check out with who's mean. And they just, they're the mean person. They, they're yeah, just yeah, mean yeah, to yeah, you yeah. to get you to sign up for it. Oh, yeah. And it's sure. really brutal. Yeah. Like it's not. They're like you cheap yeah. asshole. And wow. so I'm wondering, is Scientology as bad as Timeshare? Totally. Okay. They have they have levels upon levels right. of sales, you know, and it's they really really pressure you, you know. I mean, well, how did Gold's Gym get you if you're so fucking or not Gold's? How did Twenty Four Hour Fitness, LA Fitness? LA, I just did it to get out of there, and then I went home and canceled it because you have five days to cancel ah, per the contract. So I just did that. But they were that intense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. How did they get you? What was the... I, wa- I just wanted to leave. 
But they just kept guilting and guilting. They guilt. Yeah, it was a it was a guilt trip, and I felt bad. And then I got home, like, wait a minute, what the this. fuck was that? Yeah, and I and I just canceled. That it happened to me at Gold's. I tried to get out so hard, and I I just got sucked right in. So Scientology anyway. is as bad as gym. Oh yeah, as bad as timeshares. It's pretty bad, man. Yeah. I mean, it's you know car sales. I've definitely done the used car Oof. thing before, yeah. and I've been duped by them too. I always think I'm going to be so strong, and I just get no, broken down. Guys. Yeah. And uh, they're really bad. There's layers. And they, they try and be best friends and they invite you to this. They invite you to that. They yeah. really want you to be a part of their thing. Yeah, you know? they want your money. But the thing is, exactly, it's not like the Christian church where there is free <laughs> things <laughs> involved. You know, like everything costs money and everything has a certain set price. The prices aren't, it's small. It's not a lot of money. They're really not asking you for much. And there is a heart and soul to it. I mean, it's not bullshit. There is actually helpful ways of thinking about things that they do. They just have a really bad brand. Like, honestly, they need somebody to come in and, like, rebrand the entire thing and completely change their practices. They've just never done that, you know? It's no worse than yoga or any other of these weird philosophies people subscribe to. What's the weird one that people do here? Like Landmark? Have you heard of that? No. Oh, yeah. There's this super weird like thing here called Landmark. Is it like leadership? It's a sort of Scientology-esque. It's sort of like an underground thing that a lot of really like successful people do. And uh, it's a lot of money. And you go and they make you do really weird shit like pretend you're homeless. To like challenge you. Landmark. I'll have to look that up. Yeah, look it up. In Landmark, their whole thing is we know it makes you feel embarrassed to ask your friends for money. The challenge is to get over that ah, embarrassment okay. and ask your friends for money. It's like a know? development. Yeah. And it's a total scam. I mean, it's like I don't I don't know if it's a total scam, but they're both, yeah, it's sales techniques. It's a, it's a good, it's a very good analogy to timeshare. You know, that that's what, that's what keeps them going yeah. is these sales techniques. And that's what keeps Scientology going, I think, you know, they sort of prey on, on people. Well, what's your, what, so what's your thesis? Because uh, you're not painting a really positive picture of it. Well, the thesis is that it's not really any different than any of these things, right? I mean, it's not. It's just as bad as the pushy yoga retreat salesman, or just as bad as any of these ridiculous leadership conference anything. It's the same thing. And if anything, it has actually more of an interesting heart and soul than it. And so, okay, so here's the thing. I did it. They were very pushy with me. I I made it up to some level where they like tested me with the E-meter, uh -huh. and I failed. And... uh. You know, I had a close relationship with this woman, Veronica, who was my auditor. Was it really close or was it? Yeah, no, it was. Was she faking? No, I mean, how she was my She's a salesperson. Her, no, her no, job no, no, is no, no. to get she you involved in Scientology. No, 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 she wasn't. Uh, you've been tricked. Yeah, this there's is how the they get you. There's the sales arms, yeah. and then there's the... You got snookered. That's no, dude, no, no. She, we spent 10 hours in intensive That's meaningless. Psych she's, psychological She's trying therapy. to make money for Scientology. Come oh, on. you could say the same thing about a psychologist, though. Right, I mean, like it's. I don't necessarily. I don't necessarily disagree, but you know, I, you, you have this very rosy picture of, of somebody. No, who's it's trying not to rosy. Squeeze money out of you. She was never the one trying to squeeze. It doesn't matter. She's doing the thing that gets money squeezed out of you by somebody else. 
She was helpful to me, though. Do you think she was interested in you as a person? Who cares? I mean, is a psychiatrist interested in you? No, they don't give a fuck. They're doing their job. No, but I, I mean, le- she was doing her job. But you're talking about her like she was. She's like, I got very close to Veronica. I trusted her. If I asked Veronica about you, do you think that she would have any idea who you were? Yeah, okay. absolutely. That's not true. She would. <laughs> she would definitely remember <laughs> me. She would remember me. Okay. <laughs> it's the same as a psychologist, dude. I mean, we've been to, I've been to talk therapy. Have you ever been to therapy? No. You've never been to therapy in your whole life? Nope. That's impressive. Why? Well, just I feel like most people have. I've never felt like I needed it. Good. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> that's good. I don't. I feel like I can work out most of my problems on my own. On your own. You know? And that's good. I think that that's actually very good. I have been to talk therapy before. You know, it's a paid friend, right? It's It's basically a paid friend who is there to listen to your shit. And make you feel better by saying things that make you feel better, right? It's an illusion, but it's helpful sometimes. You know, I, I, uh, you know, when me and Gracie first started dating, I had a really tough time with distance and with not being extremely jealous and paranoid all the time. And so I cared so much about the relationship that I didn't want to fuck it up. And I knew that I was right on the verge of fucking it up with jealousy. Right. Right. So I went to a therapist because I was like, all right, let's see if I can get through this. And she really helped. You know, she basically sat there, listened to my shit, told me everything was going to be okay. And then I left, (laughs) you know, that was it. But it was a service, you know, and I paid for the service and that was that. Scientology was the exact same thing. I mean, it was harder. Scientology auditing is hard because it's actually really interesting. So you remember a trauma and then they make you remember it over and over and over. Because they want to attach the emotion from it. They want to detach it. Yeah, that's what I mean. So their idea is that we have these really deep-rooted traumas which make us reactive. So their whole thing is the reactive mind. So it it comes down to this, this image of a fish swimming through briny water and then it gets bitten by a predator going forward every time that fish is swimming through briny water it's gonna feel some strange feeling of either a bite in its tail or anxiety or it's gonna feel something because uh, trauma has been imprinted on its reactive mind People work the same way, except since we live in the society we live in, we don't need it. We don't need the trauma reaction. It only gets in our way, right? Yeah. Like, it doesn't help us to have that uh, animalistic evolutionary reaction to things. And oftentimes, we replicate the aggressor. So if you're a kid and you get knocked down... Later in life, in that same environment, you're in a kitchen in the same thing, you will repeat the behavior of the person who knocked you down. And I think there's something to that. I definitely notice that a lot about people who've been oppressed earlier in their lives tend to repeat the behavior of the oppressor later. Well, that's the, what they say about it. Victims of abuse. Exactly. Especially child sexual yeah, yeah. abuses. And, that I, and you see that, that even with, with people who... You know, I think that women who've been uh, hurt or abused or, you know, oppressed by men, they tend to have the, they tend to say to men, 
oh, stop whining, stop whining, right? They tend to say the exact same thing that they've has been said to them, you know, okay. in the past. Um, so I, I think there's actually a lot of really valuable stuff and, and it's very interesting. Memory wise, you sit there with your eyes closed for an hour, for like an hour. And you remember these things over and over and over. And it's very interesting to remember a memory again and again and again. Because you start to flesh it out. You know, and you have these memories that you think you remember. But is that real? And I don't know. Or are you just adding Or are you filling it in? I, good question. And I never really figured that out. But it's still very, very interesting to do it. Because you really focus on these sort of foundational memories that you have and you think about them a lot. And, it, you know, like I remember one time I was remembering being sick at this theater festival that my parents were at. You know, and my, I think the whole thing with my parents is they were so artistic bohemian that they were always on the go. And I was always sort of, you know, I never had any foundation. Kids need structure. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And I was really ill. And I had this very faint memory of being really ill. And she had me remember it over and over and over again. And I left and my whole throat was like inflamed when I left. Really? Mm -hmm. You know, like I'm not even kidding. Like I'm not lying. And I don't know if that was an illusion. It very well could have been. I could have been completely imputing this thing on myself. But it was still very interesting to kind of like go through that and remember it. Yeah. But why did you stop then if it was so helpful? I stopped because I would have stopped at that point if it was therapy, right? Because I was fine. I mean, I it, it helped me. Yeah. And what I got better. What did it help better. you do exactly? I think it helped me. It just made me a little more comfortable. You know, it just made me a little more comfortable in my skin here and trying to be creative and trying to live with the anxiety of being a creative person where there's no structure where yeah. you're living by the the next thing you know you're 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 at the mercy of other people so your position is that scientology has things that are helpful if people need them but i don't know about need them well if people if people are looking for a, a psychotherapy-esque situation to be in that's cheap they could do scientology yes if they're strong enough to resist the sales techniques exactly and that is that is a big part of it after this yeah right this is the scary part and i was also scared of what you're you were scared of is that they were gonna hunt me yeah. down like like once you do this what you hear from the media is that these people are gonna like confront you in public and like try and force you to come back right yeah and, you know, that's what the HBO documentary sort of said. And, you know, there was... A, I don't know that the HBO documentary No, remember, there was those scenes of, like, the people confronting people in no, public. No, the, the people... I just watched it for this very reason. And that's not... What you're saying is not true. It's, it's Marty Rathbun, who was uh, one of the high figures of Scientology. He left, and Scientology sent out... The squirrel hunters. Yeah. Because Marty Rathbun was doing auditing outside the auspices of Scientology. He has a bunch oh. of videos on his YouTube page. He has a, because he's one of, he's considered one of the best auditors in Scientology, or was when he was a member. And he was doing this outside of Scientology auditing. 
and science, the Church of Scientology calls the people squirrels. They don't. There's. They should not be. Able, they don't want them using Scientology technology, which is their term outside of it. Outside of of the blessing of the church. So, I think landmark might be a squirrel thing because I think one of the guys came from Scientology. Maybe. So what they do is they send out these squads of people videotaping you because they've got the money for it, and that's what that part was. That's the um, thing that. That's a, that thing. If you go to Marty Rathman's YouTube channel, you'll see. You can see those things. You can see lots well, of Well, no, videos. I feel like I remember seeing a guy being confronted at an airport who was not uh, taking it on his own. He was just a guy who was a member of it, and they like sent people after him to like insult him in public. No, was that in there? No. Maybe that was something else that There's I another scene. There's a scene from a documentary called Scientology and Me, which was on the BBC. And Mike Rinder, who's interviewed in the documentary, you see him before he had officially left the church, and he is denying to the BBC interviewer that he'd been locked into a trailer. Oh, wow. When he had been. When he had been. He absolutely had been. Yeah. So there's all these creepy cultish things, right? And yes. so I was worried about that. I was like, okay, well, I like went this far with them. And I had built this relationship with this woman, Veronica, whether you believe it was real I, or not. I don't believe it at all. And she, and she, she was, would text me and be like, hey, what's up? Can we talk? Can you come back in? Can you yeah. come back in? What's your and money? she would text me a lot and I would get calls from them. Yeah. I would say I got calls from them maybe once a week for six weeks. And then I also would get texts from her and I would get emails from them. Yeah, just like a gym. Yeah. Uh, when I went and I looked at like martial arts gyms to consider joining, after I joined the gym that I'm at now, I was getting phone calls about them for, for months for afterwards. Yeah. And I'm like, I've joined a gym. It's like, over. Leave me alone. Like, this is whatever you're doing is not going to. It's not going to work. No. And well, and that's what I made clear to, to her. And I'm actually. I can be very, very nasty if I want. <laughs> I so, <laughs> so I started being very nasty yeah. to Veronica oh. because I, you know, I said like, I just told her everything that everybody thought about Scientology. I was like, you're a fucking brainwashed idiot. Like, you, you know, like you really believe in this shit. Like you're stupid. And she went away very quickly. Mm -hmm. Like it was, that was like, boom, we're, we're done. And that was it. And they never contacted me again. And so I guess uh, what I'm saying is people think of this as this like terrible cult that if you go there, you're going to be brainwashed and you're never going to come back. And when I started doing it, I had friends being like, don't even go. Like, don't even walk in there. You'll be completely transformed. I had several friends saying that. Well, And but, it's just not true. But I that, mean, it's, it's but that's, just a simple but thing. But for you, like you're a person who has relatively good sense of self and you know what your limits are and you know where ex you exist in the world. And as we've discussed before, I don't think that's true for every person. And a lot of people that out of a need for belonging or because yeah. they took some Scientology auditing or whatever and it made them feel good, they get kind of sucked into that world, which as we've seen from the documentary and as we've seen from years of issues, 
There's a lot of creepiness involved. In well, I don't. I think the creepiness is not any of this hazing stuff that they do. I actually don't have a problem with any of that. I mean, I remember they tried to sell me a detox thing where it was like a really intense detox where you exercise every single day and you go to a sauna every single day and it's like really intense and right. no excuses, right? And I kind of dig that actually. What I think is bullshit about it is the money. You know that that they will take. As much money from you as you will give them. Yeah. You know? And that to me is wrong. And that's instantaneously a sign of something you don't want to be a part yeah. of. Because it's just like, okay. Do you think Scientology is a cult? No. No, no. How is it? Why? Why is it not a cult? Is it a cult? I mean, it's it, if it's a cult, it is just as much of a cult as countless other cults cults that are existing <laughs> that people don't view as that threatening. The only reason why Scientology is, Scientology is such a threat is that it's so powerful and that it's so well, they have anti-establishment. Billions of dollars. Yeah, and it's so anti, it's anti the pharmaceutical industry extremely, which is makes them a huge target of like the establishment, you know? So I think they really... The reason why we see so much anti-Scientology press is not because they're any worse than any one of the million other new agey little groups you can join, but because they're particularly powerful and they're particularly effective, you know, at what they do. But I think that it's good for, I mean, I would never steer anybody away from it. I would always be like, you know, yeah, give it a try, you know, try it out. Maybe it's helpful. Part of the reason I joined it was for community, you know, I mean, as a- Did you find one there? No. Personally, no. But because it's all money based. Not because it's money based. I mean, there were plenty of free events that they invited me to all the time, right? If I wanted to go to there to make friends, it would have been not hard to do that it, for free, right? Because they'll invite you to this party, that party. What I, you know, as a straight white male, finding a collective identity is quite difficult. You know, I think that's something that a lot of people like me struggle with, you know, because you can't be. <laughs> I'm going to put that as the cold open. It's true. As a straight white male. No, because you can't be, have an identity. What identity can I have? What can be my small group? If I'm not religious, if I'm not a Christian, if I'm not a Jew, even though I technically am, but if I'm not interested in being a part of that. What what is my group? You know, what is my world? I, it's like, you know, as a writer, it's not like I have a workplace. It's not like I have a, you know, you're in comedy. It's not like I have a comedy world that I can be a part of. So what world can I have? I think that's why I went after Scientology in the beginning, because I wanted to have some kind of community around me. Yeah. You know, which I don't have still. I mean, Mike, the community now is what? Drug addicts. <laughs> that's basically that's basically what I have, you know, or people who like to party. You don't have any, there's not some kind of interest that you have that provides a community for you at all? Well, I mean, I guess, I mean, what would it be? I don't know. You rule your life, so that's up to you. I mean, it's not like, like what am I going to join the ultimate Frisbee team? I mean, it's like, I don't know. You know it's like, we with, were talking about my friend who does camp earlier. When you're building, when you build communities in your life, you, you have to kind of do it by, it's usually by activity or by interest. 
and that's your group of people. Like the comedy is an obvious one. Yeah. I'm good friends that all do comedy. Fester's another one. Like there's a small little group of people involved with that one. Uh, even at my, you know, this sounds silly, but the gym that I go to has a very healthy, non-weird community. They'll go do stuff together. And I don't participate in a lot of it, but I have friends there that when I'm there, I'll talk to and, you know, we'll go locally and get a beer or whatever. But a lot of that is dictated by the things that you add to your life that other people would be interested in. It's hard to be a writer and find a writer's community. Well, because writing just sure. doesn't lend itself to that, you know. And anybody, anybody make, who does, it's you're in the wrong. Yeah, you're in the wrong industry. Well, what, are, what are your <laughs> yeah. interests that you like? What do you like to do? Uh, you know, it's do you I, like I don't reading. Think like that. Why don't it's, you join or form a, a book group with people that? Because I don't like want minded. to. I don't. I don't want to have a book group. Well, what know? do you? Want, but you want to have a connection with other people, right? You want to join a community. So, in order to to join a community, sometimes you must create one. So, what's yours? I feel like that's a very. It's a very ideological. It's a very idealistic way of thinking about things. Not it's at all. like just. Just start your own. You know, it's like no, that's not. It's not. It's not idealistic at all. As you know, I've I've started the critique dinner series before. I don't know if you ever went to that, but it was basically people sitting around having intellectual discussions. Uh Right? It was a salon. Right. right? I'm part of a club downtown. Yeah. Part of like a private secret club. Yeah. And so yeah, maybe I have found community in some ways that I didn't have it then, and so now I'm satisfied. Right. And I don't need it. But it doesn't hurt to you know i don't whatever i was looking for in scientology i'm no longer looking for that yeah i'm you not know? i'm not arguing that you shouldn't be looking for community i'm not even arguing that scientology is a bad option for you to look for but a lot of people get into this thing where like oh i don't have a community i don't have friends to be with and 90 percent of that work is done by you doing something or making yourself part of something to join it it's not just gonna happen yeah but those are all you know to return to our uh surrogate activities conversation from last time i think most of those are illusory i mean does so your gym that you work out at yeah which is a kickboxing gym it's muay thai muay thai free weights kettlebells etc yeah yeah so does that where is that I need a gym. I need a. Gym. It's on La Brea and oh, Eighth. Too, it's way too far away. So does that function five fitness? <laughs> How much does that really bring you? Besides working out, which is obviously it's well, that's, reward and of itself, does is, the community aspect of it really do anything? It depends on how does much. It just feel forced. It depends on how much you want. I'm on the low end of the community there because I don't really actively participate in stuff. But I've met people that uh, I go to the gym with or that we interact together and we've discovered similar interests. There's people there that fight. And that train and that go out to do stuff together. There's a tight community and there's a loose community. I don't. I didn't join there for a community, but one formed from there. But I'm not saying you should join a gym for a community. But you should, if you want a community to develop, you have to kind of create these situations where one can. And often that comes from mutual interests, 
a group of people that are into the same thing. But see, that just feels so... Like, to me, when I see you in comedy, you host many shows, like a lot of the I time. host a monthly show and two open mics and... Yeah, I'm on shows frequently. So yes. why do you think, I mean, a million people are in the comedy world and they don't have that sort of structural engagement with it. Why do you think you found that? I created it. I made it. But did you, so you made all of those shows? Uh, I made the two open mics. There are things that I created in conjunction with another comic. And then the one that I host on the West Side, it's just a show that I would go to all the time. Uh, and I've been on as a regular comedian, and the guy, Josh Denny, who hosts it, was like, hey, you should host the show because you're a perfect host for what we're doing down here. Yeah. And that, again, was made by me going there and by him seeing I was somebody that got the spirit of the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, all, which is great. I mean, I love Josh Denny from the last episode. They're all self-made communities. That's yeah, what you have to do. You're you have making to make it. Well, I mean, you don't have to. What do you mean have to? Well, like, if you, I, what does that it, mean? You're, you're a person that complains about not having a community. I'm not complaining. This is but not just, what this is turning into. But, That's but, not what's happening. You started off by saying I'm a straight white male and I don't have a natural community to go with. And my answer to that is the way that you do that is by making one. You make a community. But surely that's not advice for everybody. So not every single person can make their own yes, little community. Yes, they can. Everyone can make a community. It's you, what very about easy. joining one that exists already? Fine. Figure out something that you want to go be a part of and do it. Yeah, but it's not the answer isn't just make it yourself. But, like some, that's, but sometimes that's the way to do it. You can join one, you can make one. That's 90% of community stuff. But even if you are making ones within comedy, it's still within an existing community i mean you're just making your own offshoots of it right you yeah. know so i wouldn't say the answer is just like go make you know go make but it, it is that's what it is you're, you're making one within a larger community that's all communities well but what would that be? so i don't want to make this too much about me but take for your yeah. normal everyday average straight white male uh you're not a normal everyday average but but i'm saying take that guy. what are your interests what do you like to do with your time I don't even it's like the that's such a that answer is just so silly because no, it's like it's like oh no, I like to I like to do this activity and I like to go to do this what are like, your I, interests I don't even your life? think of it that what do you do way? with your free time stuff that you're not paid to do what do you do when I'm not paid to do something what do I do yeah. I like cooking okay I like gardening okay I like Drinking with my friends. Okay. I like doing drugs. Okay. I like watching movies on the couch. These are all activities. And going out. These and are going out to watch movies. These are all activities that have natural built-in communities that you could be a part of. But it, 100% I even, easy. I thought you were going to give me esoteric weirdness. It's all things like what? that there's groups of people that want to do. I just don't think of it that way. It's not. It's not this separated thing. I think people like... We live in this generation where everybody has had extracurricular activities it's when they're kids. About so that. it's like let's let's divide no. these things all out. Like I don't even see it like that. It's like why don't you take if you like cooking, why don't you take a cooking class? And you because meet some people why in the, the cooking fuck class. do I need to take a cooking class? You want to learn to cook a type of food you don't know how to cook. You want to add flavor to your thing that you do. Oh, hey, we no, have some similar interests. Right, we no, like cooking. It's, okay, I see. 
Why don't you go volunteer at a place that uh, that is a garden does and needs cooking, exactly, or, needs something or a place right. that does does gardening? Like that's. This if fr- I was a more lonely person, <clears throat> I would do this. I'm not telling you that you need to do that, but as somebody that's complaining I, about your life, I'm not complaining. I'm not. That's how you started I was, off by no, saying. No, I was just saying that the reason why I sought out Scientology in the beginning is because I didn't necessarily, you know, maybe in my er- earlier Los Angeles days. I had more feelings of loneliness yeah. or something, you know, it. or maybe not even loneliness. Just I was the same way. Lack I, of support. I moved maybe. here only knowing one person in the city. Yeah, I get it. Lack of support, I guess. You know, lack of lack of a safety net or something. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I, I don't know if these activities that you're talking about, like a church. The reason why people love a church is that it's a fucking rock for them to sit on, right? I mean, like I went to my uncle's Catholic church. A lot of communities are built in churches. I grew up a religious, but I grew up with a lot of Jewish shit. Went to a lot of temple shit. Went to a lot of bar mitzvahs. Went to like my f- best friend's temple all the time. Did Shabbat with his family. Yeah. Never been to a Catholic service. My uncle's very, very Catholic. I went to his service over Christmas, and it was mobbed at Christmas. And you see, like, this is the central fixture of this community. You know, this is where people truly come together. And it's not that they come together to do Christianity. I mean, they do a little bit, right? They do the songs. They do this and that. But they don't sit around talking about Jesus or anything. Correct. It's just this generalized hub of people. Yes. Whereas the things that you're talking about are so far flung. It's no, so not like, at all. Not at all. It's so like this. It's like you have to be so specialized. No, not at all. That's not true at all. You're going to go if you let's just say you go to a cooking class. I'm going to be in this cooking class. You're going to meet some people. The thing they have in common is they all like cooking. There's going to be yeah, people that are professional. It's such a surrogate. It's such a surrogate thing. I want it to be I want it to be myself. Do you like cooking? I like cooking, but who gives a shit? I mean, it's what, like, what does that mean? Who gives a shit? Do you like cooking? Do I you do like, like to cook? cook? I like cooking. Then it's not a surrogate activity. It is you're a going surrogate. and you're learning things and you're sharing with other people that also share your passion. It's but it's not a passion. It's not like that. It's like I just like You're the doing one that it. said you like doing it. I like doing it. What are it. your passions then? Give me your passions. I, I don't think of it that way. Uh, Wait, see, everybody you're, everybody you're has to have p- passions. You're 100% you're being ridiculous. You're my being passions, a child. My passions are are, you know, domination of my fellow man. That's what my passions <laughs> okay, well, are. My passions are, you know, like new Nazi groups that you can No, join. it's that's what I'm saying. It's it's about my passion is not a extracurricular activity. You know, it never has been. It doesn't, I've never been that type of person. Like, it's I, not I don't, an extracurricular activity. It's just things in your life that add color to it. It adds color, but the things that I'm passionate about are not the color. I'm passionate about the the the, the structure. But that's I mean, how I'm passionate you, but about that's the how, underlying thing. But like that's, my neighborhood. That's what I'm passionate about. All right, join a fucking neighborhood uh, committee. Yes. I mean, that would be something that would probably be more on to yeah, like then, what I would then do. Then do those things. I don't know. It's, it's very like, easy. There's a, <clears throat> there's a lot of people that whine and complain, and I'm not saying that's you. I'm literally not. I was The only reason I said that no, to but begin you, with it seems was to be a, It thing. seems to be a sticking point that's bothering you, so that's why I keep what touching What is? Just with the white male thing? No, it's just the community aspect, and you keep of arguing life. with me about how these are fake communities or not real. They're not fake. And, they're just... And the way that you build communities in your life... No, they're not, they don't silly. have to be hinged on anything. It's just the initial step 
once you're in a group of people and you know you all have this initial interest, there's this thing that you can build on top of. That's what church is. Church is the same way. It's a bunch of people that like Jesus. But it's not. No, so see, the, it's not that simple. It is. It isn't. It it's is. about the community itself. Like when I was at my uncle's church, of course, it wasn't com- about Jesus. But the community it is there. It was about everybody knowing each other in this town, but in this little town. But they're there together initially. The initial reason for them going to that place is that they like Jesus or God or whatever. I think it's secondary. I think Jesus, it the becomes, reason is that they want to just hang out with their, their yeah, fellow of course, people. I get it. But they're still there for that reason. That's how the community developed. Developed because they all there's a bunch of people that all wanted to go to the same church because they all believe basically the same Catholic things. And the community grew out of that. It's the same way it works at every church. Well, how do you explain that? Then? How do I explain what? I mean, do you think those people are just idiots? I mean, do you really think no. that they all are sitting around there and just thinking about Jesus no, and that's why no, they want to come together? you're not listening to what I'm saying. I'm saying that the reason the community formed was because it was a bunch of people who were in, into Jesus and into the teachings of that particular church. And then the community grew out of that initial investment in what was happening there. That's how all communities grow. And if you want communities in your life, that's 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 where they start. They start with this a group of people that are... I have friends in comedy that uh, I'm friends with, not because we like comedy, but because we have uh, complementary personalities or, or whatever. And the only reason I met them was because of comedy. It's through comedy that I met them. And I never would have met them without it. But my community of friends that are in comedy, it's not based upon us being interested in comedy it's because we all get along but the initial reason that it formed is because we did comedy so we had a shared experience that we did together but then doesn't it just seem so irrelevant i mean you could have done anything yeah and met those people yeah exactly so but then that's that's not but I rooted have, in identity at it all. Is, but I wouldn't have met them without comedy, and we have a shared experience that other people don't have. I don't think that like that's you, true. I don't think your friends that you meet in comedy are t- completely disconnected. I think that comedy suits you very well, which is awesome. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. I think you found it, and it was when I saw you found it, it was like, that makes what, so much sense. But what like, I'm ah, saying to you- like now, now I get it. And that has a lot to do with your identity, your base identity. But what I'm saying to you is that we have a shared experience, whatever the shared experience is. We have a shared experience, and that forms the foundation of the relationship because it's people I know that have done the same basic thing. We've all gone on stage and talked to strangers. So there's a shared fellowship in there that I don't share with you for what I, you know. Because the the fellowship, the foundation of our relationship is formed on a different bottom. So what's the foundation of our relationship? Uh, I'm not, you know, we get along fine. But we have, what was our initial thing? It was because you were looking for people to write weird movie reviews for your site. And then over time, you know, we're just two people that get along. But that was the... But isn't that more... See, this is the thing. Identity-wise, you and I are linked, but we can't really boil it down into why. You know, it's not because we, oh, we both really, you know, like blah. It's not because, you know, 
we play on the same ultimate frisbee team or we went to the no adults no counselors camp right it's not these fake ass no that's not reasons true at all. it's My, because I can, there is a shared identity here. no that's not true that that that's true for and some people and it's not because we're white it, no, no i'm not saying it's because we're white males i can point any any of my long-term friendships, I can point to completely arbitrary reasons that they exist. I have a pair of friends. They're married. They have two kids. Uh, I am friends with them because we worked at the same summer camp, and I was co-counselors with the husband. That's 100% of the reason why we met. We're super great friends to this day 16 years later, but it all happened because we worked at the same summer camp. I have another friend of mine that I keep in touch with. Uh he and I lived in the same dorm. But you met college. hundreds of people in these environments. Why are these the ones you But that's what I'm saying with? is that's how it starts is that you meet people that you well, have of course, a, a common about, connection. Of course, you meet people in any millions of ways. But the way that you engage with people and you learn about people and you share ideas and emotions and experiences with them is by having this common foundation at the beginning. And that is how all of these things eventually build. I suppose, man. I mean, I guess I was in a fraternity. And for me, like, that was that was community. Do you, you know? have any friends that you keep from your fraternity? Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, there you go. You absolutely. have a shared common experience with those guys. I can never I mean, relate to your... in the moment your... of the fraternity. It was... In but the you're... moment of the fraternity, we were, we were a set, you know, and we went through these terrible fucking things together on purpose. In a, uh, it's a very interesting thing that we're talking about, and I think you are, you have the edge on me in this. But you're, just, you're looking at it in a very strange way here. It's just, it's yeah. But I've your always looked at it this. Your way. other arguments have all made sense. This one makes no sense to me. But it's because I'm having a hard time articulating what it I'm saying. It doesn't make any sense at all. I mean, I guess as it relates back to Scientology. A community based on beliefs is stronger than a community based on activities. I disagree. Don't you think? No. And a, a community based on shared experiences is always strong. Is always stronger. Yeah. Not stronger because you're assigning value to different relationships that I'm not. Well, but Christianity has religions have the power to bound bind millions of people yeah, together. They, they do. I get it. I understand. Whereas activities don't have that. That's power. not. That's not always true. I mean, I guess comedy binds. Millions. Anything. Anything can bind. There's there's no value judgment based on what binds and what doesn't bind. Yeah. That's the way that you meet people is you have a shared experience. And then your lives will entangle or they won't. So then why do you think that I'm avoiding these activities? I don't know. You seem well, to have why a, do you think? You seem to have a value judgment placed on, on how people meet or how people come together. There's no value judgment based on it. It's just you meet people in your life and, you, and they become important to you or they don't. I, you know, I think the, the underlying point about Scientology still stands even though we – Got into this whole <coughs> identity conversation. I think it's a very creepy cult, but I think it, you know, it sounds like it offers a way to think about yourself that a lot of people don't get the opportunity to do. 
Yeah, for sure. For sure. You know, and I think most people don't have... All right, let me just... Fi- I'll finish with saying this. Okay. I don't know. I was never good at anything, really, growing up, right? I was never, like, good at sports, or I was never really... I mean, I was good at school, but I didn't really care about that. I never had, like, this skill, you know? I never had, like, oh, this is my skill. Yeah. And it's kind of something that I've always wanted. And I don't think most people ever really get that. You know, they they never really get there. And I think what religion provides, and perhaps why I was into Scientology, is it provides a community without that. You know? It provides a community without needing to be really good at something or to be really talented at X or Y. It's just being a human being that's giving back whatever you can give back in whatever this environment is, you know? Yeah. So I feel like that's what this comes down to. And that that is the difference between religion and kickboxing <laughs> you know yeah i mean i see i see the point that you're making I it's like i've never walked into anything and had it be like oh, okay yes you belong here right like yeah you're you're one of us or you're really good at this you know i i think you're looking i mean i, I don't want to get far afield again i mean i understand your point i i think that people go to religion looking for that connection because they haven't found it in other ways in their life. But there are ways to find it that aren't related to religion, in my opinion. But I'm only one person. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, fair enough. I think that was a pretty substantive uh, discussion. I really liked the different avenues it took from Scientology all the way to how you build a community. And uh, I know Isaac is uh, annoyed with that argument, and he has some further points to make. And I'm sure we'll talk about them as we move forward. But thank you so much for listening. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher and rate us at those places. Check me out, uh, Funzeroni, all social media. Uh, IsaacSimpson.co is Isaac's main website where you can find all of his writing, sign up for his newsletter. He produces a lot of really good content. Isaac is nothing if not uh, a tremendous writer. So even if you disagree with him, he makes his points in interesting ways. So check him out there. Uh, This has been Not a Huge Fan. My name is Charles Disney. Speaking for Isaac Simpson, I want to say thank you so much. We'll talk to you again in a week. (laughs) Bye-bye. (laughs) Bye-bye.